People seem to forget, if you change today, today will change your life. So I am here with my sister and she's currently complaining about a fly in her room. So what, uh, where is he at the moment on fly watch? He actually happens to have stopped buzzing, but I'll let you know if he comes back or you might be able to hear if he comes back. Okay. That was quite a abrupt start. Yeah, I well, wasn't that's, ready. It's, it's an abrupt start for a uh, for a relevant. I thought we were discussing how I was going to start. It was going to be a bit of like a funny bit. Yeah, but we're not funny, so it's we can't really do a bit. Um, that's true. And uh, yeah, so you're quarantining. Oh, it flies off again. Oh, okay. It flies off again. Can you hear? Is the sound okay? Yeah, I think people th- probably wondering. My sister isn't isn't, crazy, <laughs> but. Uh, and I'm, I'm as exhilarating as this is. This is like the Breaking Bad episode with the fly, which actually I quite <laughs> actually quite enjoyed. That was the worst episode. I believe they only made that episode because they ran out of some money during the writers' strike. That is true, but I think well, no, they didn't true. run out of money. They ran out of writers. That's, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> anyway. Um, so you're quarantining with with Tom and a fly. So <laughs> yeah, obviously you're showing more, you're show, and and your cat as well. So you're showing. Uh, a lot of a lot more concern for the fly than anything else so, yeah i don't actually know where tom is or whether he's okay he might have had a fall not sure oh, okay and how's the cat the cat the cat brings me um the cat brings me as you know a lot of joy but she also brings me a huge amount of anxiety because she's ever since we got her uh, last august she um i say we got her she actually got us she turned up at our doorstep as a stray um as you know as for that was for the listeners um (laughs) is that how you do it i don't know this is like this is just like a david episode with animals don't get me started on david attenborough okay do you do you no with david attenborough i honestly think his it's just what like one massive episode of punked i do not believe half of the things that he's talking about you are not bad mouthing david attenborough right now i think it may come out say that you love david attenborough first i do i do he's a magician he's an actual magician he's i I believe half of the stuff is made up (gasps) (laughs) anyway we're not talking about that Um, so she turned up at our door She turned up at our doorstep and we tried to look for her owner and we couldn't. So she ended up, we ended up taking her in, uh, adopting her. Um, ever since then, she's had all sorts of issues, injuries, illnesses for probably about 4,000, no, 3,500 pounds worth of vet's bills by this point. Um, but the last couple of days, she's been, she's been a bit poorly and down. We didn't know why. And then next thing we knew she's right as rain again so it's just a real roller coaster with her and that um i i attribute my happiness levels to i was thinking about this last night what what causes my mood to change one is the sun as we were discussing earlier mm-hmm. yeah, and the weather yeah one is whether i have a big meeting coming up at work and if i do i tend to feel a bit low just like one needs to get out of the way sometimes yeah. if it's a if it's a bit of a stressful meeting mm-hmm. Um, one is my own health and one is the cat's health <laughs> so yeah. unfortunately I've added another another um, lever to my uh, to my mood control board 
Um, <laughs> so most of the time she's she's lovely, but she's just been a bit stressful recently. Yeah, I think pet people do place a huge amount of pro, uh, importance on pets and stuff. But so mm-hmm. talking of those levers and everything else, how how on a sort of more serious note, how have you found the isolation and the quarantining in terms of your own well-being? Well, I think my overriding um, my overriding feeling is just. Um, feeling very grateful because I touch wood have my health and my friends and family have their health and I am in a house that I like I'm in an area that's safe I'm with somebody in the house we have the cat um, and we have a garden and that's something you know before uh, before we moved last year we were in a really awful, awful situation with our flat and our neighbours. And our neighbour had nine dogs and there was criminal activity. And I just so thankful every day that I'm not still there living next door to um, a pretty scary situation. Um, And so that, that sort of reminds me every day that I have a lot to be thankful for, Mm. but just, um, I, I have a job that is secure, hopefully for now. so at any time, I mean, but that that's on a deeper level. But I think day to day, like I was saying earlier, it is very up and down. I think for everybody, but it, it does feel very um, intense. One day you can feel intensely happy because mm. your your my work's a lot quieter, so I've got a lot more free time to you know do the things I love, like reading and cooking and sunbathing in the garden and you can just have days that are really really like brilliant and really memorable um and then you have days where maybe the sun's gone in and you have absolutely no energy because you've not moved for the last five days and um and you haven't spoken to your friends and family very much and you just suddenly feel very intensely low and I think but like I say, underpinning those feelings are this, this sort of gratitude that I do genuinely feel, which helps to pick me up again if I do get to a um, a day where it's not going so well. Yeah. And what the thing I find so weird or remarkable really is, is how many ups and downs you can have in the day, right? So yeah. it's just a lot of people, you know, usually would talk in, in terms of days. And for me personally, I never... I never feel like I have a bad day. I feel like I have bad moments, but I do, Mm. I work really hard to make sure that they don't turn into bad days. But you said that before. I really like that. I really like that, that attitude. And I have clearly forgotten it based on what I just (laughs) said, but I I do try and remember that. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's just how we're, it's just how it's just an interpretation. If nothing, you know, not particularly different to any, anyone else necessarily. Um, but actually, how many t- how many more times you have to work at that for it not to be a bad day as much as possible during isolation? Yeah. Because it, within the space of hours, you find yourself being quite happy, and then all of a sudden, because of yeah. know, mundane things to do, or you're, like, as you said, I think the connection thing, connection and entertainment, I think, are two really important things, and being sort of stimulated in some way, um, yeah, really important. And just when out, you, you know, when you finish something on netflix that's another trigger for me yes. suddenly you're like oh i've got nothing <laughs> i have nothing to entertain me what have you just finished um 
I've just finished Normal People, which isn't on Netflix. Um, it's on. It's on. What's that? Mum said she's told you about it. Yeah, not. Mum says she recommended it to you. I'm not sure. You don't listen, do you? No. So, not everybody's talking about it at the moment. Um, I've just so so it's based on a book by Sally Rooney, which I've just um finished. I wanted to read it, finally read it before it, the TV series came out. But it's on BBC um three, BBC iPlayer. It's a ten part TV series. Um, basically just chronic chronicling the relationship uh between um an Irish guy and girl from when they're about I don't know 16 17 through to um just after finishing university and this very kind of intense um uh friend slash romantic relationship and dynamic that they have and the ups and downs um and what it means to be um in a in any sort of dynamic with one other person and it's just so the book is brilliantly written i'm obviously very late to the party saying that because it's been you know sold over a million copies um but the tv series was good in its own way um often they don't live up to the book do they but it's good in its own way and the music was beautiful and the is it still called cinematography if if it's tv i don't know but (laughs) It looked great. TV photography. TV photography. But it's just one of those things that stuck stuck with me after I finished it two days ago, and I um I cried a lot in it. You watched uh, Ozark? No, still no. (gasps) Oh, you have to watch that. Oh, really? We should just do. We should just do a whole podcast episode on on everything to watch and ask people as many <laughs> we should pick we should pick one series to watch together that we haven't seen right. and then record a podcast after every episode to dissect it <gasps> speaking of dissecting have you listened to the dissect podcast no it's it dissects um albums and right now they're doing beyonce's lemonade which i'm sure interests you greatly top of but they've list, done yeah. they've done um kendrick lamar and they've done uh, Kanye West and they've done some people so when you say dissect like what are they like. actually doing they they break down the meaning behind the song so they go episode by episode is, is one song on that album mm-hmm. and they break down the songs into musically how it was built but also the meaning behind the song and the different layers of meaning and um, uh, yeah it's just it's just really okay. fascinating okay so okay 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 so um speaking of things that are fascinating or or not let's talking about your particular life and uh yes well for people well people are listening so they can't see what you're doing but okay <laughs> so do you, you know how podcasts going. work right Moi? no okay yeah um so how's the uh and you're obviously doing your yoga training alongside uh, alongside working at Google at the moment. So how's your how's the training going? So you ran your first yoga session recently. How many more have you, yes. have you done? Any more yet? I have done um, four so mm-hmm. far. I've got my fifth one tomorrow. Um, I am absolutely loving it. I so um, I'm still doing my training. I don't finish my course until January next year. Hopefully, yeah. unless it's delayed because of covid um but i'm at the point now where i have to start teaching to build up a bit of practice and it's actually worked out 
the silver lining, one of the silver linings of this whole COVID situation is that I can start teaching over Zoom. Well, it's not Zoom, it's Google Meet that I'm using um, because I work for Google. I should be shouting about Google yeah. Meet. Yeah. Uh, it's essentially the same thing. But it's sort of, teaching over video calls sort of acts as a nice halfway house mm. for me to not be thrown in at the deep end of like, you know, being in a room with 20 people all, all staring at me um, and having to walk you're literally walking in and around people's mats right there and they also expect you to adjust them um so there's quite a lot of pressure on you as a teacher if you're there in the room but over video call there's an understanding that you obviously can't adjust them you you're it's a very different way of teaching but it's it feels a bit less high pressure to do it that way so I'm, I'm i'm quite grateful that i've had this opportunity to build up slowly teaching some friends over video call and now i've got a group of about eight or nine on a sunday morning um and i could grow it faster but i'm i don't know i'm a bit scared i'm torn between <clears throat> just getting as many people involved as possible and kind of growing my brand quotation marks um versus not overload overwhelming myself and but if it's done um, by video, also, how is it overload i don't understand how it's overloading yourself well you i still try and engage with the people that are practicing so everybody oh, has their okay. cameras on and yeah. i position them so i can see everybody and i give everybody feedback you know I'll, I'll say hannah um actually turn your back foot out 45 degrees or and i because it, it makes you feel a bit more engaged in the class okay, and i've been okay. in classes recently over over zoom yoga classes where i've I, somebody's been teaching me and I had my camera off because there were like 40 people on the call and I, I, didn't, I didn't look my best and then at, about halfway through I was like I can't be bothered <laughs> and, right, you know yeah. because they couldn't see me I sort of just slowed yeah, down a yeah, little bit yeah, yeah. so everybody everybody you know I like to call people out and so that they stay engaged and one of my yoga teachers actually recently said she would never have more than 10 people on the call because on the in the zoom class because it's unsafe you can't be teaching people safely if you can't see them all okay so um so yeah i'm in two minds at the moment but i think eight's probably a good number for me to just keep going with for now i think yeah when i when i do gym classes i the uh, the gym i go to they're all quite small anyway and they are a lot lot better i think there is a fine balance with them being too small i have done a, a pilates class with two people um before. were you one of two or were you one of three one of three uh i on a separate occasion it was i was told by the instructor so it's it's two as in one two me you <laughs> so it's up to you, whether you it's up to you whether you want to do the class or something that's or not. great i mean that's personalized well, teaching well in the moment you don't feel like that and so you, you sort of go rain check uh, and then just turn the other way and walk off. I actually felt really bad. Ooh. But um, what? that was that was sorry. That was in person. That was in person. So I had to say to that face, <laughs> range, range, check? range. Check? I, did, I said it like that. Like catch you next time. <laughs> range, check? range, check? range check? Um. So no, I. I but I agree. I. I think if you go to if you do classes things like that whenever i have um kind of like business meetings and things like that or consult work you know working with consultants and stuff if there are lots of people and it's just like after a while you don't 
feel that you sort of don't feel the need to present your best as in you being the person listening or watching yeah. Uh, and then as the kind of a person instructing and everything else, you sort of are dealing with one person and yeah. that does help in terms of everyone else's knowledge and, and that's fine. But I think, I think what you might find is when you do it live and in person, doing it, teaching one person doesn't have an effect on everyone else on video. I think it's a very different experience where you work with one person. It doesn't have an effect on everyone else. So you may feel yeah. different when you work to do it live, but, um, well, I don't get to do my Pilates class at the moment. So can I join your yoga class? You can join my yoga class for sure. There's, um, it's all girls so far. So having some, some, uh, some. Male, know. male, remember? Males, men. <laughs> male, men, men, boys. Mas- masculine. Were you going to say masculinity? I was going to say masculinity. And then I was like, oh my well. God. <laughs> uh, but no, you're welcome to join. Um, Yes. I think how are you finding how are you fi- finding I guess you've been doing your podcast over video call before, yeah. like pre pre lockdown but and hearing a lot from people about like um just feeling super tired during this time and then they're putting it down to the number of video calls that that they're having and speaking to family and friends and I read an article I think it was on the BBC as well recently this whole zoom fatigue thing right where actually it takes because you can you can sort of feel it. It takes a lot more to have a conversation with somebody over Zoom than it does if we were just talking together. It would feel a bit more. Yeah. Even if we were recording a podcast, it would feel a little bit more relaxed. But you have to raise your voice a bit. You have to. There's a slight. There's always a slight delay or a, you know something. Yeah. You've got to overcome any technical and and also especially when it's more than one to one. If it's if you're in a group meeting, you can't see the reaction of people as you're talking. So that feels a bit like there's a sort of cognitive dissonance there and I I think that's but but I mean speaking of me being grateful again I am lucky in that I've worked in a job for three years where all of my 80% of my meetings are video call because I work with people in other countries so Mm. I also sort of feel like I'm I've managed to be a bit more prepared a bit more bit more used to this way of communicating than a lot of other people so I'm interested to hear how you found Uh, it I mean uh if there is a fatigue similar to you I'm, I'm i've sort of got the endurance for it because every day i'm speaking to people via zoom so yeah. i've kind of got that i do understand the conversation is slightly jade slightly stilted and a delay and the fact that um the, the sort of back and forth you might have in in everyday face-to-face conversation has to you have to change that because you have to give unbelievably significant amount of time added onto when someone finishes talking to you know mm. make sure the dialogue's clear and I, I see it with you know I watch like lots of debate shows and things like that whether it's in sport or other or other fields and you know everyone is entertained by conflict right so everyone loves that conflict of arguing mm. and talking over each other and a lot of these shows can't do that at the moment because you can't through through on video face to face that live response it's it's there and that's palpable but via something like zoom it's really bloody annoying if people jump over each other so you can't yeah. have so actually those programs the one thing that they rely on uh is no longer there and actually I, I i do quite a lot of work thinking about communication and it's it's always about empathy or expectation right it's one of those two e's all of the time with most communication and what I think people can sometimes get caught up in to sort of to, to, to answer your question 
is we watch a lot of communication at the sort of our reference points, our TV programs, films, all of these sorts of things in which they build what they do off conflict. They build what they do off the things that create entertainment. Mm. And we actually get trapped into thinking that's appropriate communication or that's adequate communication where that's not, tr- that's not true. Actually, if you do, <laughs> if you adopt that in real life, you're actually going to piss people off or get a punch in the face. <laughs> So, so actually we get taught communication techniques wrong all the time anyway. So yes, whilst this, while Zoom is a different form of communication to how we might do generally, how we do it generally isn't necessarily right with everyone. We might, you know, might have people in life we do get it right with, but if you think about even the, even the people closest to you, um, the, the impatience that you might have at certain points with them. And that's part of that is under what I'd call expectation we have an expectation that they should talk like this. We have an expectation that they should respond like this or that they should suggest mm. this or they should do more of it. And expectations in a lot of situations, whilst we do have to have some expectations, having too many is problematic. And for me, amongst all of this, is trying to understand how to be more empathetic and reduce my expectations. Not always easy to do. Um, but the, the fatigue thing you mentioned, I think... For most people day to day, they have two forms of communication. It's face to face or it's texting. And it's one or the other. And for a lot of people. You mean during lockdown? No, 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 not during lockdown. I mean, the rest of the time, as in, you can go and see people face to face and everything else, or you can text them. But no one really, no one, the one thing the phone is used to actually speak to someone on the phone is one of the least used functions anyway. (laughs) Um, and, And people outside of lockdown, how regularly do people do video calls outside of work? not that often mm, not really so you have yeah. you have four things you have texting um sorry i've forgotten what the four things are already <laughs> uh you have texting speaking to someone on the phone speaking to someone via video and face to face and what's helped a lot of my clients in terms of the feedback they've given me is because they just did the texting or face to face the face to face dropped a lot of them tried to carry on the texting thing and then all of a sudden they're feeling tired and lacking energy and it's because they don't have actual proper communication and connection with people you can't get that through texting really okay. and so what i've tried to get people what about to... the old-fashioned letter You've the old-fashioned letter. letter exactly carry everybody's t- there's some some people i'm hearing are starting to write letters again which i think is just lovely but obviously That's, it's that not that nice. efficient to no. have a conversation no but, but hey t- how t- are you good yeah you yeah good <laughs> but weeks, are, weeks, Five weeks have gone by <laughs> but um but so but to, to to answer your question is that the fatigue thing i get i do get it but a video conversation isn't the midway point between texting and seeing someone face to face it's as close to face to face as you can possibly get it's so much closer to that end of the spectrum that it's a significant enhancement on your well-being and so whilst there's a whilst there's a fatigue element i do get it but one like anything you build up the endurance and the stamina for it um, exactly yeah you what, do and, two, and I, i'm not saying at all i'm not saying at all it's the that, wrong but... thing to be doing um i i think it's fabulous that we have this like yeah. it's it saved so many people's sanity i'm sure including mine mm. but it is it, it it's some, it's just something else people are getting, have, having to get used to isn't it mm. it's it's really accelerated the rate of adoption for video conferencing and video calling and face-to-face over um digital face-to-face so it will be i imagine will be a fantastic thing in the long run um how is it affected many 
how has it affected your perception in terms of with your yoga so a lot of business you get all these personal trainers for example who you'll you know you'll have the big percentage that will have been have their own online business online business as well and they can just carry on just fine and loads who didn't have that set up and now are in a scramble how has it changed your perception of how you might do your yoga going forward regardless of the, you know the lockdown or not has it changed your perception i don't know i think it's a tricky one i've always been quite um digital i i'm a millennial we're all pretty digital savvy and i think i've always growing up with dad he was somebody that was an earlier adopter of computers and the internet um i think me more so than you is i've been interested in tech since i was quite little um and I remember I just used to make posters with PowerPoint all the time when I was like seven. Um, but so I, I really love the idea. And obviously I work at Google now. I, I just love the idea of tech being helpful to our lives. And that's what that's, that's at the forefront of everything that Google does. Um, it's like they pay me to say this. <laughs> that, this idea of helpfulness is the thread that runs through every single product Google makes, every single um, initiative all of the work Google does and all of its employees is grounded in helpfulness because tech fundamentally can be really, really helpful to our lives. I mean, obviously video calling as an example of that mm. um, during quarantine. Uh, so I've always had the idea that whatever I do with yoga, I, I like to kind of think about how I can integrate elements of tech into that. Yeah. Whether I'd really thought it through that much before all of this, I don't know. But I, I, there are a lot, obviously, a lot of yogis out there that um, hold this really kind of natural, pure idea of what yoga is, and you yeah, don't have any sure. music. And it's very, um, uh, to me, it feels restrictive. To them, it doesn't at all. And you know, each to their own. But I love, I love practicing with with music and I I would prioritize people having access to yoga over the idea that it always has to be face to face. And if that means you're doing it over a video call and you're some somebody's able to practice yoga with a teacher, otherwise they wouldn't, then I would say always go with a video call. Um, there will be a lot of people out there, a lot of yoga teachers that would, would have said they never. In fact, I was I saw an Instagram post the other day from a, from um, the owner of a yoga studio who was kind of saying, you know, uh, yoga with Adrian, who's a, a mm. yoga YouTuber, yeah. very, very big yoga YouTuber. She got a lot of sticks for doing that because they said, well, that's not yoga. You're doing your, that's not what yoga is. Mm. You're, you're not teaching anybody. You're talking to a camera. And this owner of this yoga studio had said, you know, I heard about yoga with Adrian at, at the time. I thought, you know, what we're doing, we'll never venture into that world. That's a completely separate thing. And now look at me. I'm she's she's now running all of her classes over Zoom, able to sustain her um, her and her family financially and all of the teachers on their on their roster. Mm. And actually, she's a teacher that I, I've got her book somewhere here. I've always wanted to practice with her and but she was too far away so I never could and now I, I have because I have her over Zoom um, 
and and so it's opened up this this uh, this accessibility idea it's just meant yoga has become so much more accessible in, in a lot of ways for people so I think that's a long way of me saying I would never turn down the idea of integrating the digital world into my offering because I just think it, it opens the door to yoga um, where a lot of other yoga teachers might to me run their their um, practice their teaching in quite a restrictive way so you know I'm still very new to all of this and very I'm sure very naive um, in the yoga world but that's my that's how I feel currently and I think this lockdown's really solidified that for me mm. and well I know for a long time you quite different to me that I've always had a thing which uh, whether it's a slightly uh, slightly addictive personality or slightly obsessive or whatever in terms of I always had something like a thing to mm. really drive myself towards and um, and felt very passionate about and I know for a long time you were, you were uh, very you're obviously especially in, in terms of um, where you've got to with Google as well you know you worked in marketing for a long time and something you were found you found yourself to be good at but maybe something it wasn't um at, you know uh, back in the day it wasn't something that you knew whether it was your long-term passion or not no one dreams about working in media <laughs> planning <laughs> so but when you since you know since you've got into your yoga and the way you talk about it and the passion that you exude from it you've sort of clearly found something that you feel quite I, the way I sort of put it to put it is I always it's uh, when someone finds something that they're passionate about uh, that they it, they're quite aligned to it, and so yeah. how how did you how did you fall into it or come you know stumble across it and how did you realize that this was something that actually I really wanted to do to the point where you go you know what it takes to to make this work um, I'll I'll spend mm. the time to do it because it takes a lot of time doesn't it so taking a lot of your time to prepare yourself yeah. and learn all the stuff so how you know at what point did you realize it was something you wanted to do and and how was it trying to find that thing if, if indeed you were trying to find it mm. oh I totally was trying to find it but ever since I can remember I've really felt that um I didn't have that one that one thing that I wanted to throw my everything I had into in the way that you did I I think maybe it was in contrast to you that I felt it more acutely um because you were always threw yourself into one thing um whereas i had lots of different things i was interested in but never had the patience to stick any of them out for <laughs> long enough i'd like dip in and out of things mm. um but that really frustrated me about myself and i but you can't force it can you no, if you if you don't have no. if you're not passionate about it and you don't have the patience for it then that's not your thing and i think yeah. I, I sort of just thought, well, I'm not, I'm not going to find one thing. I'm sort of just going to keep going as I am, dipping in and out of bits and pieces, but never really feel that passion, that true passion for something. I tell you what, though, if I could sing or dance, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. I would be, that would, my, my thing would be musicals Same. or performing in some way. I feel, so, I feel so much passion for it, but I have no skills. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I think 
I started I honestly couldn't tell you with yoga how it how it came about I'd been to the old class here and there over the years probably my first class was when I was about 20 23 so not that I wasn't that young it's not like it's been a um a long well it's actually quite a long time isn't it I'm quite old but (laughs) you know seven years um but it was very very slow going at the beginning and I'd go to the old class and I I didn't fall in love with it straight away I just thought okay yeah that's that's cool and then maybe six months would go by and I'd try another one and I I just it was just a really gradual thing I guess it what it reminds me of is like you find the one when you're not looking for it (laughs) and it's you know I I wasn't putting any pressure on it and but I just noticed I kept wanting to go back to yoga classes and mm-hmm. um particularly like I mentioned yoga with Adrian just having the, the access to do it more and more through YouTube and she would have um 30 day uh challenges mm-hmm. not challenges but you know 30 day practices and it just meant I went back to it and you notice that you're improving a little bit and you start to learn what the names are and you just feel like you're I think the, the the more you feel like you know something, the more you're interested in it. So I started to be able to talk about it more with people that went to yoga. I started to know what the different Sanskrit terms were and then you become a bit more interested. And then you, you something happens in a class and you think, oh, I don't really understand that. I'm going to look it up when I get home. And it was, it was really gradual. And um, after a few years, I still felt very new on my journey um, of practicing yoga, but I wanted to really, I'm somebody that in a really annoying way likes to understand the detail of everything and quite, um, I'm not very big picture. I really like to understand the theory of stuff. So I think that the teacher training appealed to me on that front because half of the people that go into teacher training don't actually end up teaching. They're just doing it for their own understanding. And so, you know, they, they teach you how to teach um, in some of the modules, but a lot of the modules are just teaching you the theory behind yoga and the history and philosophy of yoga, the the anatomy and why why different postures have different benefits for your mind and body. Right. Um, and but but on top of that, I also really, really loved teaching well the not that I'd done loads, but I really liked the training element of my marketing jobs whenever I've been training people. And over the years, it's just kind of something I knew that I enjoyed doing, helping people work through stuff. So it sort of made sense, but I was really scared to go into it because I just thought I'll be the worst person there because I'm quite new to it. I'm relatively new. A couple, like three, four years in is relatively new. But actually what's been amazing is that everybody on my course has different ability levels different ages different body shapes and i it just really showed me that it's a type of it's a part of my personality and my character i think where i think it really matters that i'm exactly uh that i'm good enough for something before i'll even Mm. try it Yeah, yeah and actually there's a whole swathe of people that go yeah it'll probably be fine and they'll just throw themselves into it anyway. And I think that that's something I learned. I, I probably could have not waited for so long till I felt com- till, till I felt like 
100% confident to do it. Yeah. I could have done it. I could have start, started trying to do it when I was 50% confident. And mm. um, I, so it helped me learn something about myself. But, but yeah, so I, um, I, I now, uh, only in the last sort of year have I realised that that has become my thing. And I didn't even... I didn't even know it was happening, but that's now the thing that I feel really passionate about. And so, you know, 30 years down the line, <laughs> I, I'm somebody that has a thing, whereas other people know that they have their thing from when they're mm. little. And um, so it just goes to show, doesn't it? It can come at any time. And what would you say to people who haven't found it, which is probably not a question that you'd have you've thought of or a question that you'd even would consider thinking how how you would what you would suggest to someone else but what would you say to someone else because one of the things that caught my attention then was and it's another question I wanted to ask you about or what would you do when next time when you're only 50% confident so that Mm. I create models and to, to help people build more clarity in terms of their confidence and there's you know the the sort of getting the 50 percent confident that sounds like a, a maybe it was to do with clarity being clear in terms of what's what good yoga looks like but there's another yeah. five areas that affect our confidence levels that you can improve those levels and that make you take the next step but to answer the first question maybe there isn't an answer but what would you say to someone said to mm. you oh Catherine, i'm really struggling i want to find that thing like you have yoga what how how do i go about it what how long is it going to take me what would you say well i mean like i said it can i think it can probably come at any point during your life some people are, are i suppose lucky enough to find it early on although there's a if you do find it early on does that mean you cut yourself off from the other yeah, things absolutely. that life has to offer yeah, so it's not you know i say lucky but but maybe there's there's positives and negatives to both but you know i'm 30 now and i've only just worked out what my thing is and, and who knows in five years time maybe it won't be my thing anymore but at least i i i almost feel like i filled that um that void that i had of that that thing to really throw myself into throw my time and energy into Mm -hmm. and that's great but maybe in five years time it'll be something different but at least now i know that i have the capacity to to feel that way about stuff i think you know i guess the way that it came around for me was i had just i was just trying different things as they came along and not not putting too much pressure on it i think it you can't force yourself to feel passionate about anything so opening up your mind not being too laser focused on any any one thing and just letting you know, roll, rolling with it i guess and i think you, something you said is, is very valid as well which is that um well all of what you said is of course very valid <laughs> how dare you it's <laughs> one thing there's one thing that sounded okay um <laughs> is, gonna have to cut the rest yeah, is that <laughs> uh when you you said you said now i know that i have the, you know the capacity to feel that way um you know i can feel i can feel that strongly about something um that you now that you found the yoga mm. and i think for a lot of people just sometimes we can get caught up in you know what anyone listening would have had moments or experiences whether whether felt really alive or really excited or really loved up or really happy or whatever um and maybe they're still looking for that the, the kind of the work version or maybe in a different area of life they're looking for that equivalent where they get that same feeling 
but just to use those mm. reference points to know that it is possible to get that feeling because you've had it before but have that feeling in different places and different contexts and to have the belief that actually having had that feeling before that there will be other things that can also give me that feeling i don't have to be totally reliant yeah. and that's something i've had to work really hard at you another very good point you made was the difference between me and you and you said about well actually if people find it early on do they close themselves off to other things i think for me in particular i think that's a, i think that's a perfect analogy in terms of i found that with football and with other things it met a lot of it met pirates of, yeah pi- okay pirates um it met tarantulas all, tarantulas what else <laughs> Thomas the tank engine um, um this i mean this your whole your whole kind of yeah. coaching thing is a is an iteration of all of those kind of passion points that you've had yeah. over your time but i think now you're better at not if this isn't your only thing but yeah, you have yeah. maybe it maybe at first it, it probably it probably was your first and that but that could easily why you're you're able to be so knowledgeable about your field now is because you did put the you know it's that whole ten thousand hours Malcolm Gladwell thing isn't it you yeah. do have to have a certain amount of laser focus on one thing don't you and, yeah. and that means sacrificing other areas but at least you have had a life of different lots of different obsessions rather than you know you weren't like a child violinist that only spent their time playing the violin no, until the age of 30 no but but no but, um but i've had to learn how to understand that the feeling i get from coaching of this feeling there are other places where i can get this same feeling yeah. if not greater and i only learned that based off the and i, I genuinely mean this off the that piece of advice you gave me do you remember what that piece of advice was Probably. i gave you so much advice that's really like <laughs> stellar so stella which one, one really kind of just stands out <laughs> i don't know i remember um i was working really intensely on something and this was when I, quite early on with all of this stuff and and I, i'd got to a point where i had really like closed myself off for a little well quite a while and i remember you saying to me I was so intent on, 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 you know, creating videos and doing, creating this and creating that for all these other people that I didn't know. I remember you saying to me something along the lines of, um, you put so much energy and time into people you don't know. Where's that energy for the people that you do know? And mm. you might not have said it quite as bluntly as that. And definitely. No, I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> definitely paraphrasing but that's always really stuck with me because i thought that's absolutely right and to i always use the analogy of um kind of the 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 oxygen mask of when a, on a plane they tell you to put your mask on before helping everyone else yeah. so that obviously makes sense for you as an individual but what i started to realize is for the, the people you you know you have your different social circles but for the people absolutely closest to you your family and maybe some close friends that's that's part of the oxygen mask as well and your relationship with mm. those people and actually i realized that i'm only making myself more and more let's call it unhealthy less fit in some ways mentally like a, like in terms mm. of physical fitness um if i didn't have the capacity to to work on that aspect and have the energy for that and i don't get it right all the time at all um but i realized that 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 part is 
there's there's more there should be and there is more enjoy there's more joy in that aspect of things than mm. finding that one passion and so i was always very grateful for you for saying that yeah. uh it's uh it was absolutely on the money and i'd spent like you just said i'd, I'd spent most of my life in that headspace of or oh, if i do this thing really really well then people will like me and and uh and people want to be around me and that's that's why i got into football um and uh i had to come off that you're right it's like you would never invest all your money in one investment you'd you'd be smart and you put it in a few different places um Mm. so that you don't lose everything at once and so i always thought that was really good advice and i've always i've always admired that you felt you you sort of have spread your energy in lots of different places maybe that in your eyes that's why i didn't have that one thing but i always thought well no she's good at keeping up with this or keeping in contact with these people or working hard at this or making sure this is taken care of and you just seem to be more in control of, of more aspects of your life really well i mean look i think it also comes down to just a general and you're my older sister so why haven't you taught me all this shit <laughs> just lead by example you know it 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 comes down i think you just naturally have quite um i don't want to say obsessive because that's that's a negative word but you have we are quite different in that in that area you you have more of an obsessive personality than me and i have quite a short attention span for things (laughs) um and so that naturally has led us to the different ways different interests and (laughs) <laughs> obviously me become arch enemies. nemesis <laughs> now i know who your arch nemesis is no we don't say that i don't have <laughs> Catherine, i'm a well-balanced individual i don't have any arch nemesis. if i ever have to bring if i ever have to bring that person up and tom's like who are you talking about i'm like remember that person that's david's arch nemesis and he's like oh yeah <laughs> for anyone listening i don't have an arch nemesis i'm uh, incredibly... no no you're too well balanced for that <laughs> but yes we hate him uh, <laughs> him or her him or her uh, yeah so, um, um but no what were we talking about oh, oh yeah different diff- we're enemies different personality types um yeah i think like i said there's no there's no right or wrong is there as long as you all of life for me is about finding balance in things and doing what makes you and the people around you the happiest and i think when I gave you that advice, I remember to me, you didn't seem happy. And if you had seemed really happy at that point, you, this is years and years ago. Yeah. If you had seemed happy, yeah. I wouldn't have felt the need to say anything, but I could, I could, from what it seemed on the outside, it didn't seem you were, what you were doing was very happy and you were putting so much pressure on yourself to create all these things, to get things right in order to help um help people which is incredibly admirable but but like you say it was to help people that you didn't know and and you had all all this pressure to do that and that was that was your entire world at that point and but it was at the expense of yeah living in the present with the people that were actually there mm-hmm. and so and that's why i said it had you been had you seemed really happy i wouldn't have said it because mm. of course it's an admirable thing to be to be helping anybody um but but yeah so i'm glad that that advice worked it gave me a it gave me a lot more balance and actually the the for a lot of the time that intensity and that pressure 
if if everything if all your needs are being met by one thing it does ramp up the intensity of it and so actually the the Mm. knowing that if i'd not enjoying this part of my life or this aspect as much at the moment i'll just go you know i can spend my focus can go over here again you you do have your ups and downs all the time and like every other human being Mm. it's it'll be the same for, for me and you but but now it's that case of actually i can find enjoyment over here and over here and over here yeah a bit more than i used to and one something you said there which is is exactly right which is about being present and i think for a lot a lot of my time my my focus has always been a bit further ahead and as I've got older and older, I've become a bit more and a bit more present and, uh, and understood how to be more present. How did, how do you find, how do you find a way to be more present? I know it's easier when, if you're in a, a phase in your life where there is less anxiety or less pressure or things like that, when you have anxiety, pressure, stress, and all these things, you'll be either looking at the past at when the, when you didn't have that or looking to the future going, Oh, what do I have to do to, to get rid of this? You know, what's it going to look like when I don't have this? So it's easier, you know, anyone can be pre- more present when they're enjoying themselves. But how, how do you stay a bit more present? Because I think I've realized that's an incredibly important tool of, mm. of, of, of life in general. So how do you keep yourself quite present amongst everything else going on? I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually from the right. future. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, I, no, I really struggle with it. I really struggle with it. And I think the while technology can be incredibly helpful for our mental health in many ways um it in the in that it connects us for example it also means that many of us aren't really living in the present a lot of the time i'm thinking about when i'm scrolling through instagram i'm i'm living through someone else's eyes and someone Mm -hmm. else's life Mm -hmm. i'm not present in my own environment and my own body um so there's that also I'm a massive warrior and I so that that means I'm constantly thinking about so this morning I remember I woke up this morning and in my half asleep days I was just going over and over something that I did yesterday really insignificant thing and going oh god I wonder if that was the right thing should I have done that or have I done that right oh, oh god and you get yourself worked I woke up and I I snapped out of it I really but but that on some level is always going through my head about the past. And then you're also worrying about the future, a meeting that's coming up, a, a I don't know, doing this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't worried about oh. this, but you know, there's always something that you can get. <laughs> this is, doesn't matter. There's always something you can, we can worry yourself about. So I really do find it difficult, but I, I guess that's one thing that I get from yoga is that it helps to, uh, settle the the mind through movement of your body uh tying it in with the breath and uh, focusing it inwards so i'd say more and more i'm using my breath in 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 situations where you can't just you know roll out your mat in the middle of the office and start doing <laughs> downward dog breathing on its own is yoga it's, it's that's that's an element of yoga and i think when people think of yoga they 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 think of like somebody tangled in knots on a yoga mat but there are so many other elements of yoga that are just guiding you on how to live your life um outside of the 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 physical practice tell us what those Um, are because i think people people who listen to this will want to know what those things are so there's something called the um 
Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, and you can, um, I won't talk you through the whole thing, but within that you've got the, what's called the Yamas and Niyamas, um, which are like, I guess in Christianity terms, it would be like the Ten Commandments. Um, but it's, it's in yoga philosophy, you've got this sort of guide to how to live your life. Um, and they are, they're one of the things, there's a whole host of other things, but that's just something that came to mind. Um, I'm just trying to get the list up on my phone of what they are. Um, 10 ways to bring yamas and niyamas into your practice. Here we go. Okay. So it's often illustrated as, as a tree with different branches, but it's things like um, aparigraha, which is uh, avoid greediness, or asteya, don't steal, satya, tell the truth, ahimsa, practice nonviolence. Some some yogis take that to mean um, becoming vegan because they see violence towards animals as part of that. Um, santosha, try and be content tapas doing your best i don't know if this this is an accurate description of it but anyway this is just on google um i haven't learned them off by heart yet but that's just one area where the yoga philosophy guides you in life um, or offers a guide to life Mm -hmm. but what i was going to say is breathing for me has become quite an important way of managing my um my chattering mind in yoga it's it's called chittavritti chittavritti is like your 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 mind chatter chittavritti is a sanskrit word and breathing helps to to quiet that mind chatter and i have one um breath technique in particular that i go to time and time again if i'm feeling my stress levels rise uh because it activates this particular breathing technique activates your parasympathetic nervous system your rest and digest nervous system it's the kind of the opposite to fight or flight uh, which is your sympathetic nervous system your parasympathetic nervous system is where you want to be if you're trying to calm calm the body down um and it's so it's called ujjayi breath and you can google it u-j-j-a-y-i is that something yeah. you can sort of more physically take us through now or you can at yeah, least describe? So it, it's some people, for some people, it, my instructions resonate quite quickly and for others, it takes a little bit longer. And if that's you, then I would suggest do it looking on YouTube mm. or just reading up a bit about it more. But um, I couldn't tell you exactly why it activates the parasympathetic nerve, uh, nervous system other than it 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 um it has something to do with your vagus nerve which is the nerve that runs from your that I know your head about. to your torso yeah because yeah, so when so you it, um, I am I right in thinking that when you so when you um when you breathe through your mouth it activates the vagus nerve because it's a bit like when you gasp where you go <gasps> like that it sends a stress signal straight to the brain that's why they tell you to breathe yeah. through your nose is that right it's sort of so there's lots of there's lots of different ways to activate the vagus nerve um the one that seems to just work for me and you know maybe it's to an extent it's placebo the one that works for me is is ujjayi um it i think it has something to do with the the um vibrations of the larynx that that come about when you do this but it's actually a closed mouth breath 
but the way that I I teach people to um, to practice it is to start off imagining that you're steaming up a mirror. So hold your hand up, and imagine you're going <sighs> against a mirror to steam up the, the glass. Okay. And it's that kind of quality of the breath. It's a sort of whispering sound. It's quite um, almost a constriction of your throat, <sighs> but still very comfortable and very easy. And once you've done that a few times, try then, and this will sound strange at first, but try closing your mouth, but then finding that same quality of the exhale. So breathe in and then shut your mouth and then. And you'll kind of hear it inside your head almost. It's that same quality as if you were steaming from a mirror, but with your mouth closed. And once that starts to become more comfortable and natural, you can then try and find that same resonance on the inhale breath as well. And all it is, is an inhale and an exhale, mouth closed, but with this sort of deeper throat sensation than normal. And you start to elongate your inhales and your exhales. And it's almost like you have a small hole at the front of your, at the front of your throat, as if you were breathing straight into your throat. Mm -hmm. So you don't feel the, the rush of air through the nose it's not nasal breathing even though you're breathing you are breathing through your nose instead of your mouth but your the sensation is very much at the back of the mouth and the throat and quite deep and that you'll you'll start to feel the vibrations in your throat and that's what activates the, the vagus nerve which in turn activates your parasympathetic nervous system and we want to try and live in parasympathetic dominance over sympathetic dominance we don't want to be in a constant state of fight or flight because that's where our cortisol levels are really high and i'm sure i don't need to tell you why yeah, that's yeah. that's bad long term for our bodies yeah. but most of us especially like the fast-paced nature of our lives and everything going on in the news right now are living in this heightened state of stress and that's that's not a fun place to be from my own experience so I find this really works for me and I do it before meetings I do it sitting at my desk um before bed if I when I wake up in the morning if I feel a bit anxious and it's just something that I I know now is a really easy win for me how, so, does, it, how um, does that so that's that's really good and I've just I've just done that and actually I, hmm. I could feel quite a difference to other breathing techniques that I've I've learned or come or come across uh, I, I genuinely felt quite different by that and the, the common things that people will hear I just want to under for, for myself to understand the differences because the things about the vagus nerve which I hear that um, aren't good but then there are things which I've heard that make it that it is a good thing to, um, to kind of activate so from the things that I've kind of understood and learned there's you have those typical breathing patterns of like breathing through your nose for four seconds hold for four seconds breathe out through your mouth for eight seconds and mm. and to do that I want to understand the difference between something like that and what you've spoken about just then and you mentioned about the, the sort of para uh, sort of sympathetic, sympathetic system there but but what's the difference between those two breathing techniques if there is one I don't know that if that there is or, mm. or if there is is there a difference between the two in all honesty i don't know i think that the the idea of the elongating the breath mm -hmm. um that you were talking about and, and also the holding of the breath that's something that you can also do in the ujjayi that i right. just spoke about ujjayi breath the holding of the breath at the top and at the bottom for a few seconds also helps to um 
to just slow the breath down and it's that it's the slowing of the breath that I think has the most impact however however you get there almost so for me I know that this sort of ujjayi breath helps me to um to slow down my rate of breathing and maybe that's because actually you're constricting your throat slightly so and you're breathing through your nose so naturally you're pulling in the air slower than if you were gasping Mm. through your mouth um mouth breathing is more associated with uh with the the sort of fight or flight response we got because you you know you gasp for breath and you're um you're you're pulling air in a lot faster which sometimes you need to but your the idea behind activating the parasympathetic nervous system is to slow the breath down so i think if you're breathing in through the mouth holding very mindfully and then very mindfully exhaling sorry if you're breathing in through the nose holding and then very mindfully exhaling through the mouth the exhaling through the mouth isn't um activating your fight or flight response because it's an exhale not a gasp yeah, in no, that, if you see what yeah, i mean I so however yeah. however you get there I, I don't think it matters even if you did that same ujjayi breath but exhale through your mouth that's fine but it's, yeah. it's one more thing to think about so i, I think I, I don't know is the answer but my my guess is different things will work for different people and you just have to find what works for you mm. oh, very interesting and um I'll, i just yeah there's a there's a uh, there's a line which is fear is physical and i'm always a lot of people i work with most people's natural instincts as well is that if something's going on in their head that they try and solve it in their head and actually it's the hardest thing to try and if all the ways you can go about it, it's the hardest thing to try and do uh and changing mm-hmm. your physiology uh, is the quickest <clears throat> and breathing is a huge part of that and then you you couple that up with various other types of um incantations that you do and you create a sort of a very powerful mm-hmm. compounding effect that can shift someone's state of mind very quickly um but the breathing is a huge part and so anyone I think listening it's, it's always better to change your physiology and uh, and create some mm-hmm. sort of movement in the body or change that blood flow and that's why people you know even things people who you know eat too much or like to eat or things like that or even other forms of kind of addiction stuff like that is that it changes the blood flow in the stomach and with eating for example so it's changing Mm. the blood flow that changes the biochemistry so it changes how we think and feel it's changing your physiology and that's why that's a comforting thing so uh, so much of our mind is 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 based in our gut and our stomach and i think people don't really realize that as well there's such a strong connection between our our stomach and our brains Mm. and so um and for on the yoga side, in terms of your uh, physicality, in terms of your um, fitness level, in terms of your muscle tone and everything else, and I, I'd noticed in one of the previous occasions, yeah. Well, you didn't. Have, I was actually going to give you a compliment. There you go. Welcome me, to the gun show. show. <laughs> you're trying to show me muscles. Is is I like how you're trying to show muscles, and it's probably just pushing out more. Um, actually, no, I won't say. It, but anyway, um, but I had I had noticed uh, previously that you, you you know in particular your arms and your shoulders that you looked a lot stronger. In terms of your uh, physical capability, how much of a difference has that made? Because I think some people, you know, they, they have the perception of what yoga is, and for some people, maybe it's like, oh, mm. get it's a bit of stretching. I get it. Maybe it relaxes me. But it's only like everyone knows what yoga is intellectually. 
that people don't really understand what it is until you actually feel it right and you actually feel the shift and feel the change so how's it how's it affected you or benefited you in your physical ability yeah i think um i'm definitely i definitely feel a lot stronger i definitely have because i'm passionate about it it's a form of exercise that i'm doing regularly that i didn't i wasn't doing before so i'm generally all around a bit fitter but um that's actually yoga is is fantastic for a lot of things but it's not uh sufficient to manage your cardiovascular fitness and and actually um some studies have shown that it's not uh it's not actually good for weight loss Mm -hmm. which a lot of people go to yoga for um so not that i wanted to lose weight but i think it, it just shows that there's there's only so much that yoga can do for your body um it keeps a, a huge thing for me that has been it's really stopped the headaches that i was getting a lot from my neck and my shoulders really just it's the day-to-day maintenance part that that i notice where i'm i feel more I feel more space in my joints. I feel more mobile. I generally feel a bit more in touch with, uh, there's this idea of body literacy that you understand your body in particular. Mm. You know that, I know that I have um, one, uh, I have an imbalance in my hips and I know that I have one ankle that's more inflexible than the other. And just knowing those things through yoga improving my body literacy has had such a impact on me um and managing when i have little aches and pains i I kind of now know why that is um i I don't think i look that different i maybe look a little bit stronger in my arms i I, it's my arms where i feel stronger but but really the biggest shift for me has been mental and just having this one thing that um you know i i know that getting onto the mat i can really reduce my anxiety levels and 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 on top of having something that i'm passionate about it's just um added another uh, another element and i'm bringing full circle it's another lever that i've added to my life Mm. that i know can i have control over uh that can improve my my happiness so for me i think it's more of a mental thing the lever analogy is that something you came up with yourself yeah i really like that (laughs) genius Uh, i was thinking i was thinking earlier was it yesterday or today uh, i can't remember how i led to how i how it came to it but i was sort of just listing out the things that affect my mood i think because of the weather recently i was thinking weather really has the impact and then there's the cat there's only really kind of four or five things that can have control over my mood in a big way and and the yoga thing is something i've added to that control panel i suppose that i can control myself mm-hmm. whereas the health of my cat fancy i i can't control <laughs> mm. so there's some things where it's sort of helpful i guess to know what to let go of but i only just labeled it the levers and the control panels at the start of this conversation so okay. feel free to mm-hmm. to take it on yeah i'm good so uh the last thing i wanted to ask you about was i know with with work and you've you found a good balance with your yoga and with your work as well 
and that you had that uh, you, you now have sort of a, a Wednesdays off as well and, and uh, you've spoken previously about how much of a change in terms of your stress level or mm. any feeling of anxiety it really makes a difference to have that kind of break and lots of people at the moment will be you know if they're working from home will be getting this feeling of how different it is to spend more time at home maybe they don't get a, a, a sort of the the day off in between like you do in terms of your work week but maybe on some particular day there because there's less work to do and stuff like that they're not working as hard they may be starting to recognize actually there's some benefits around not being in the office or being at the factory mm -hmm. or being wherever every single day and actually that bit of break is something that really helps to clear my mind maybe they have anxiety for a lot of different reasons mm -hmm. at the moment which would be understandable but in some ways they might be recognizing actually there's a there's a different way of life that might be more suited to me. And I just wanted to ask you, last mm. thing really, is about how much of a added, added benefit, if it has, has that extra day had for you? And, um, and what, how would you, if, if, and if it has had a benefit, would you advocate other people, if they're able to, if it is possible for mm. them to do so, to find a way, maybe it's not a day off, but m maybe find ways to, to carve out points in their week to create that, that space and that distance from work yeah well I guess the first thing I would say to your point if they're able to mm. it is so it, it, you have to be very um sensitive careful having uh, these sorts of conversations with people because of course I can sit here and go oh yeah like you know taking Wednesday off obviously it's fantastic everybody should do it and the reality is I am super lucky and and privileged that I mm. I had a good start in life. I had a lot of support. I had financial support to you know to go to university and um, I yeah of course I worked really hard. But I am in a position where I I started from a place of privilege. So I have to recognise that um and before i say anything else you know yeah, sure. uh, and, and of course there's plenty of people that just can't take the time off for other reasons um yeah. but for me personally i got to a point i felt really burnt out from working in media agencies for a number of years and i think some people thrive on that and really loved the fast-paced nature of it and I did I did at first love that but the more senior I became the more um under pressure I felt I, I it really overwhelmed me and I am somebody that is a bit of a control freak and perfectionist so I was all constantly trying to do things to the very best standard um and having a client on your back watching you all the time I just think it wasn't it wasn't the right environment for me and so it made me start thinking about really well what do I want to do and I didn't have that one thing I was passionate about like like I said so I just started thinking about things um and it, I came to the conclusion that why should we have to who says five days a week is the right thing to do yeah, yeah. maybe six days a week is better if you are in a job that you love maybe two days in one job three days in another is better and i just i i can't remember when but something clicked for me at some point where i just realized well, who says who says we have to work this in this format and this structure so 
there was an element of that and there was an element of I really didn't like the role I was in at the time and I decided to leave and go into I planned to go into doing freelancing where you have a bit more control over your schedule um and in freelancing you you don't get paid holiday and sick leave so naturally you get a bit more money and so I thought actually maybe I could have I had some friends that were doing I thought maybe I maybe with that I could afford to work a bit less and take some take a day off here and there or work a different schedule and just just yeah. I think the issue was I felt in my old job like I didn't have any control and this would give me some control um long story short at the last minute I was offered a totally different role at Google um because I had already done some work with them and managed to kind of get in through the through the back door to some extent because I they knew me already um and because they knew that I'd been thinking about this freelancing thing they were very open they're quite progressive when it comes to um flexible working and they offered the four-day thing and because I was able to get a bit of a pay rise from one job to the other I I decided that it was was possible for me to go down to four days a week um but I mean I'm super I'm super lucky that that is the case and for a lot of people it just wouldn't make sense to do that and it would add a whole other layer of financial stress mm-hmm. to to effectively be paid 80 percent of your salary I work 80 percent of the, the mm-hmm. official time um but the change that it has made to my general well-being has been incredible and I made the decision to have the day off in the middle of the week which means I have two days of work and then a day's break where I can focus on yoga and then two days back at work and then the weekend and just having that variety of things and not letting myself become overwhelmed over the course of day after day after day five days which for some people doesn't happen but for me it does Mm -hmm. um has just been like so worthwhile and you know I can't go on as many holidays or go out to restaurants as I could but you know who can this year with the lockdown um but for me the, the compromise the sacrifice financially was worth the improvement to my mental well-being ultimately so we'll see we'll review it over the next years and see what happens but for now this is I'm really pleased that I've managed to find something that feels like it's it's right for me it won't be right for everybody but it's it I just my one tip would be think outside the box when it comes to the standard structure of our of our work of our ways of working but I think companies are helping people to do that as well companies becoming a bit more open-minded and making different uh, rules around um you know the work day and remote working as well that will all change after covid so we'll see mm, absolutely so how has this conversation been for you <sighs> out of 10 well i uh, i usually don't like talking to, talking about myself you should be surprised to hear um but uh for some reason you you seem to draw, to have drawn it out of me so good interviewer i suppose out of ten yeah. four 
Yes. So, and on that note, everyone, uh, for any other of your interview needs, please see. No. Uh, so, I hope everyone has enjoyed our conversation. It was nice to speak to my sister during this time and her knowledge on um, the stuff she spoke about. Um, stuff? What was it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, whatever. And, uh, and we will. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, we won't have her back in the future. So uh, <laughs> tune in next week for a better guest and uh, <laughs> more relevant stuff. But no, oh, very nice. To love you. you. Love you too. <laughs> Bye.